All right, and we're back for another episode of the Department Podcast with Stephen Bologna, Joe Palantonio, myself, Justin Valentovic, and our very special guest, a good friend from college. You'll see a lot of people from college because that's basically all the sources and incredible people we could get at this point. Anthony Walker, you can see his stuff. He writes for Yankees Unhinged or Unhinged Yankees, whatever. What's the site you write for again? Unhinged. Un, well, it's Unhinged New York now. We changed the name of the site Ooh. for college. Ooh, you're, you're broadening your horizons to the Whoa. Mets. A little bit, yes. Oof. A little oh, bit. Boy. But we got to expand. We're getting a baseball guy on this episode because that means we're talking about the MLB hot stove. The offseason has been upon us for basically since the World Series has ended, and really nothing has happened at all. And that's mainly because of COVID-19. Teams are hesitant to spend money, big money. They're trying to actually unload salary, if anything. And that's why we really haven't seen a lot of movement. But we did see the New York Mets, the purchase by Stevie Cohen, Uncle Stevie, finally went through. So that's official. He cleaned house completely. Brody Van Wagen, BV Dubs, he's gone. And Sandy Alderson coming back, the team that he essentially built and drafted, he gets to reap the benefits of that. And also the Chicago White Sox made a surprising hire of bringing back Tony La Russa, Hall of Fame manager out of retirement. And he's already in some hot water and the season hasn't even gotten underway at this point. And people in Chicago and people in general are not happy. And finally, on the managerial front, Alex Cora got his job back with the Red Sox. So he essentially got a 60 game vacation glorified suspension if that and then aj hinch he's off into baseball siberia and he is the next manager of the detroit tigers and that is a fate worse than never getting a job honestly ever again but guys what's going on let's talk some baseball all right well justin thank you for just doing the entire show uh in the first 45 (laughs) seconds um there was there was absolutely a point of doing that uh i really appreciate that um the point i was just talking going over the topics what we were talking about so I'm good. Um, I, you know, I'm happy to. I'm happy to have Anthony Walker on the pod today. Um, this to is good. You. This is good. It's um. There's baseball news. There's baseball stuff to talk about. Uh, how exciting! Because it feels like the last two weeks have been a snooze fest. It's outside of Justin Turner's COVID diagnosis. There really has not been a single thing to talk about on the baseball front. We're back. The stove is hot. At least for one team. Twenty nine others. Might be a little cold, but I think one team has got a hot, hot stove. What do we think? Yeah, love it, Joe. Justin, great intro, man. Thirsty guy over here. Yeah, uh, I'm doing well. In, I'm, in, I'm still in recovery from my mouth being ripped open, but we're we're doing well, a lot better. Um, but yeah, what? Well, you kind of need that for radio, so and everything else. I got the face for radio, according to Justin. Face for radio, voice for print. Yeah, no, but you know, I'm very excited to uh, talk some off-season stuff. I honestly feel like the off-season is just so much better than the regular season. That, that's just me. I, just, it's, it's like the like draft, NFL, the draft for the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just there's just so much excitement that goes down. Uh, you know, teams got new players, big names are on the move, and it's like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Then you get into the season, and you know they can get hurt or something like that. So the excitement just dies down. But Anthony Walker's here. I am, I, a, and I, I got to tell you guys, I'm, I, I not couldn't be Colts less excited backer. for this offseason. Couldn't be I, less excited? Yeah, really. Because I mean, uh, the Mets talking, are going to be the winner of it more than likely? We're, we're, we're talking about an offseason where teams are out of money, not out of money, but have lost money because of the, um, the fan restrictions. And I just don't know how how willing teams are, how freely teams are willing to spend. Like we might not get signings until January again, and I'm just I, I'm not a fan of that. Like I I cannot wait, you know, 
three months for some offseason news. I mean, I don't think Trevor Bauer is signing until, you know, February. I don't think JT Riomito is going to sign anytime soon. I don't think this is going to be like last season where he had all the big free agents off the board by the winter meetings. I just don't. I don't see it. Well, you said, you know, teams are hemorrhaging money because of obviously COVID-19. They had no fans. They couldn't make any money at the gate. But there's one team or one owner, at least, who didn't lose any money other than $2.5 billion. And that was Stevie Cohen buying the Mets. And he has an open checkbook and he could go absolutely bonkers for players. So let's keep it with that right now. He obviously cleaned house. Sandy Alderson is back. So just initial thoughts on this finally being official for the Mets. This is great. This is great for baseball. As Anthony said, teams are going to be crying poor. They're going to be turning over the piggy bank and there's nothing going to be coming out. But now, before, there was never any pressure to spend. You know what I'm saying? Because two years ago, um, the famous Machado Harper offseason, all the owners were like, ah, we're all broke. Can't help you. But one owner is about to come in and spend and what that's going to do is I think it's going to push other teams to be like, oh, no, like the Mets might just get everyone. We got to do this. So I think it's good for the rest of baseball, but it's even better for the Mets because we are talking about an organization which was so laughably disorganized, so hilariously dysfunctional that's about to turn a new horizon. Steve Cohen, the way he talks about it, is he's literally only there to make Mets fans happy. They're no other he's not there to form a profit he's not there for his brand he literally just wants to put a winning team on the field this is this is george steinbrenner minus the whole i'm gonna hire a private investigator to dig up dirt on dave winfield thing this is awesome this is george steinbrenner with an even more of a money advantage than he already had on the entire mlb because cohen if he wanted to could throw money literally at every single free agent and get them if he wanted to go absolutely insane. Now off the bat, you know, the most enticing one is Trevor Bauer, just because, you know, that would be a great two to DeGrom because Syndergaard, you know, he's been injured. They're not bringing back. They made the offer to Stroman. He's probably not coming back. Who the hell knows what they're going to do with Lugo, either a reliever or a starter. So Bauer will really be a great one B to one A, but also they need a catcher considering they let every single one they have on the roster walk. So JT Romuto and the problem that they've never really had since Carlos Beltran is a center fielder, George Springer right then and there, they could sign three impact players and change this team dramatically. That's not going to happen. Um, they're not going to sign all three. It's going to be, I mean, it is, it is going to be tough for him to come in clean house and sign the top three free agents. I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, with Steve Cohen running the shots, though, there's going to be pressure. Um, fans, we know we know New York fans. I think we know them better than anyone. And they want results, and they want them quick. So if, if we get to January and the Mets have not picked up a big fish, there's, there's going to be pressure. There's going to be a fire lit under Stevie. So I think they'll get one of them. Um, I think it would be the catcher. But I don't know. I'm just curious to see what the rest of the group thinks. Listen. Yeah. Here, here's the thing: the the, the 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 Mets need to bring in one one of the three big fish, as Joe said. Um, I mean, I was gonna agree with him and say uh, JT Realmuto would be the guy for them, but I'm gonna I'm but because Joe said that, I mean, what's the what's the focus on it? So let's let's go with let's go with Bauer here. All right, you, if you bring in Trevor Bauer, you have a guy in Marcus Stroman who's walking away from the team, right? You're probably not gonna bring him back. 
you can implement a guy like Bauer, who has a bizarre personality and a personality that it's either going to boom in New York or it's either going to bust in New York. Um, and I think Steve Cohen is going to be willing to take that gamble. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's probably going to win the Cy Young this year. If not, he's, he's obviously a top three. And even if you don't sign, you know, a JT Romito, or if you don't sign Springer, there's still plenty of other good fish on the market. You know, you got uh, Marcelo Zuna, who's a free agent coming off a monster season. You could find, you could stick him in the outfield. Uh, you're coming, you're coming off a season where you need to prove to the Met fan that you're here to win, especially after last year when, when eight teams make the playoffs in each league and you're, and you're not one of them, you need to bounce back. And I think Trevor Bauer is going to would compliment DeGrom. I think he'd be a perfect uh, 1B, as Justin said. And I think he'd really put them over the top. Yeah, I think if you're a Met fan, you, you have to be excited. Uh, you know, I'm sure we've all saw the quote today from, from Uncle Steve saying that his window is three to five years. And this is a team that really you can consider it a rebuild, but they have a lot of pieces that, that, that are going to help them in the long term. And, and recently, as of late in all sports, we've seen rebuilds happen a lot quicker than, than, than we expect. Uh, Walker, I'm going to go against you. I think the Mets need JT Realmuto. Their biggest problem the past years have been when their aces bring them great games, they're only able to muster up one to two runs, if that. I mean, DeGrom's, you know, record Cy Young year, he lost – he was 10-9. and nine, And, like, most of those games were – you know, by one or two runs they lose by. So if you could somehow get Real Muto, he's going to be asking a lot. Obviously, biggest catcher money in history. Probably going to blow Grandal's contract out of the water by $30, 40000000 million, you know, it, as projected, you know, just you know, going off Twitter. But it, this, it's just funny to me how, you know, this deal almost got killed. It, it really did by, by Mary de Blasio. It, you know, Cohen sprinkled his money, $117 million donated to the, the small businesses in New York and – de Blasio is quick to sign those papers, but th- this is huge for Met fans. And again, like you said, Joe, good for baseball. And the best thing about it, the last thing on this before we move out is Sandy Alderson's coming back and he's the, you know, basically the architect of the 2015 team. And a lot of these guys he drafted in his, de- you know, scouting department brought in, you know, McNeil, Dom Smith, Pete Alonzo, even I believe it was a draft pick under him. You know, these are his guys. This is effectively his team. So really, they're not that far off. And if they add one or two, even if three pieces, they could be a legitimate contender. Then I'm sorry, I got to say one last thing about this, and I got I got a rebuttal against Steve and Joe here. Listen, catchers in baseball are naturally not very good, right? There's not a lot of good catchers in baseball. I mean, everyone is going to be looking at Real Muto because he is the superior. He's probably the best catcher in baseball. Um, and everyone's going to focus on him, and I get that. But let's not forget that James McCann's a free agent this offseason too. You know, if, if you're Steve Cohen, you can easily bring in a guy like Trevor Bauer, a guy like George Springer, and then have the leftover money for a guy like James McCann who had 289 with a 360 on base percentage with a 144 weighted runs created plus. Oh, so that's just my analytics on that. But my my thing, my <laughs> thing with all of this, my thing with all of this is that Justin, for some reason, Justin comes in and says he had Syndergaard dead. Like, he was like, oh, well, his Syndergaard arms had a surgery. What? He had, he tore his UCL. So are you saying, 
Oh my god. Right here, right now, that anyone who has had Tommy John, no. just, just call it. Just call it a career. Just don't even. This is what you're saying. But he has shown no signs of promise the past three he, years. He's severely regressed. Trevor Bauer and Noah Syndergaard have had an identical, littered almost like an identical little careers here. Really haven't. Except for no. the fact. I mean, they both have like have had one great year minus the 60 gamer, which, eh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but minus the 60 gamer. And they both have had one great year and they both have a little bit of struggles. They're both flamethrowers, highly touted World Series experience. But to write Noah Syndergaard off like he is just gone. He is just wipe your hands clean, gone. It's ridiculous. So here's the difference Trevor between Trevor Bauer and Noah Syndergaard. Trevor Bauer had his great year. Just recently. Noah Syndergaard had his best year four years ago and has since had Tommy John surgery and significantly re- regressed. And Trevor no one's writing off Syndergaard. Ba- Before this right. year. Hold up, Joe. Shut no up one's writing off Syndergaard. Walker, can you try to fix your mic or something? Because you sound like Darth Vader right now. Anthony, I, I, I am your really? father. Yeah. <laughs> it was very funny. It's like James Old Jones just started talking to us. So, Joe, care to yell more about Trevor Bauer? Because well, it's just like... It's so disrespectful how you're like, oh, the Mets need a number two. The Mets need a number two. Like Noah Syndergaard and Trevor Bauer have had pretty similar careers okay, before but, this year. But then at this point, look at the Astros, right? They had Verlander and they had McCullers. They didn't need to go get Cole, but they did. And look what it almost got them. So you're look, saying that. Look, it, and what look, if the, look. so if the Mets go out and get Bauer, that's like them, the Astros going to get Cole. You, you can always use more pitching. There's no such thing as, as too much pitching. But if I'm talking about needs, 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 you need a catcher. <laughs> and a center fielder. And you need a center fielder. You no, for me, per- really I need agree. need a hot-headed a No, hot-headed I agree. Trevor Bauer, Bauer should be the third on the pecking order. It should be Realm Muto and then Springer and then Bauer. I completely agree, Joe. Springer's the best player. Um, but, you, you, I mean, you know how it is. Yeah. Well, that was way too much Mets talk for my enjoyment. So let's move things along to the other New York team. Oh, baby. And the Yankees. They got a lot of holes to fill and a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a few people, key players that they should bring back. And the main one is DJ LeMahieu, AL MVP finalist and free agent to be. Now, a division rival according to, you know, Yankee boy Michael Kay, the Toronto Blue Jays have been eyeing him. Does this put even more pressure on the Yankees to bring him back? Because it could seriously come back to haunt them then. I'm scared. Justin, like, of course the Blue Jays are eyeing him. Like, uh, you just don't expect, like, uh, DJ's a free agent. We're probably just going to be the only... Like, this isn't news. Like, of course, of course, most teams should be eyeing, you know, uh, uh, one of the best defensive second basemen who just won a batting title. Of course they are. Am I worried? No, I mean, like, there's bigger fish to fry outside of DJ LeMahieu. I mean, if he doesn't get brought back to the Yankees, it's going to be sad, but I'm, like, it's okay. DJ LeMahieu's not a a need. Here's the thing. If If they don't, if they let him walk and they don't replace him with anybody, then that's a failure on Cashman's behalf. If they let him walk, move Glaber back over to second base and bring in, you know, an actual shortstop like Andrelton Simmons, then that cushions the blow because you're getting same offensive production at second base, but you're getting a hell of a defensive upgrade at shortstop, which the Yankees have really never had. You know, Grigovsky was fine, 
you know, outside of that, you know, lockdown. Yeah, they haven't. They no, they haven't had a good uh, defensive. You know, and down. look at what really was the Achilles' heel for them was defense. So if you can get, you know, a premier defender on Anilton Simmons and Walker's gone, cool, he'll rejoin eventually, hopefully. But that's that's that. <laughs> I don't even know what's going Darth on. Darth Vader, baby. But but I see what you're saying, Justin. Yeah, you're right. If they don't make any moves to counter that, and they just let him walk and do nothing, then that's a problem. I think I like. I'm looking at the shortstop war because it's obvious that the need is at shortstop and Gleyber Torres could fill in at second base and probably be just as good at second base if you write everything together as DJ LeMahieu was. But also so you look, need to upgrade a shortstop. And, D- and Gleyber's numbers... And Jordan Simmons is fine. No, that's what I'm saying. More than st- fine. He could still be a productive 8-7-8 eight, eight hitter. I mean, if you want to really stretch it. I mean, I don't know what kind... Like, if, the, if the market stalls for Marcus Simeon... There could be a play. He didn't have that great of a season in the 60-gamer. MVP he's candidate only... two years ago. MVP candidate. He's going to be over 30. I don't think the asking price is going to be astronomical. If the Yankees want to let DJ walk and allocate those funds to Marcus Simeon, I'm not shedding a tear. Walker, what do you think on the whole DJ scenario in New York? I mean, it's easy to look at DJ and say that you have to bring him back. And, I mean, he's going to finish top three in the MVP this year, obviously. Um, it depends on where he goes. I feel like it should inspire the Yankees to either make a play or not make a play. Um, I, I had to leave the meeting for a minute because I had to fix the whole microphone. Yeah, issue. you're all good now. Okay, cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's very I, funny. Yeah, no, uh, apologies. But, um, all good. But, uh, yeah, like, it depends on where he goes um, in particular. If he goes to Toronto – which is some of the rumors. I don't know if you guys have discussed it, but some of the rumors have alluded to. I feel like that amps up the Yankees' competition. Of well, and here's the thing, too. It could be a cautionary tale because there was also, you know, a prior, you know, New York second baseman who went to a division rival, and it came back to absolutely haunt them, and that was Daniel Murphy going to the Nationals. You know, I don't think um, the Yankees really want to have a potential Yankee killer that they basically had on their own team go to within a division rival and completely be a problem because the Jays are coming for the Yankees. They're, you know, significantly years out from being a legitimate threat to take them down completely, but they're on the right track and adding DJ LeMahieu would just expedite that process. I mean, the Blue Jays were a playoff team. I mean, let's not act like they're the Orioles. Um, they, they, they have some uh, potential on this roster to make some big noise as soon as next year. But I mean, so you say they even get DJ LeMahieu. Um, do they just move off Kevin Biggio or? Well, they do... played Biggio in the outfield, so uh, I would assume he'd kind of assume. I mean, and or Biggio might have, move. Well, if you put Guriel, Grichik, and Teon, like they don't. Well, it's not like they have like a hole. It seems like Vlad's is becoming their first baseman. I think third base is in the rearview mirror for him. So DJ, third, can he? He dropped thirty pounds though, Vlad. Have you seen that? Yeah. I think that's trying to stay at third base, but if that's the case, if Vlad if essentially becomes their first baseman from here on out, you know, DJ could play third or Bijo could play third, and they can swap in and out. You and, question, okay, DJ, go ahead. You you question if uh, Lemayhu is going to be really lucrative with, with his offer? If he's going to give the Yankees a little bit of a discount? I highly doubt that. Joe, who's uh, who's Lemayhu's agent? Is it? Um, is, is I, it I don't know if it's Scott Boras. I'm going to look up. <laughs> Because uh, if it is him, I mean, this guy's not signed until March. <coughs> but if I'm it's the Yankees, me. 
and and the money's just too high for you because you know the Steinbrenners came out and said that they you know the checkbooks it's going to remain closed unless it's a good offer. If the money's not all there, I, I think you go in a different direction. And I think honestly, the biggest question mark for this offseason might be what you do with the catching situation. I mean, I know yeah, Eric Kratz retired, so there goes your catcher of the future. I mean, I know analytics say that Gary Sanchez is the best catcher in history, but I I just don't see it. What is this? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, first of all, he's represented by Excel Sports Management. I don't think that's oh, a Borass thing. Rob Roche. Okay. Um, I had so Anthony Walker like, tell me that analytics showed Gary Sanchez was the second best catch in the MLB this year. I did not say that. But... On air, Braving Radio, Tuesday, <laughs> 7 to 9 Find it's... the recording because I did not say I would love to I, take, I could find it. To take uh, this conversation about DJ LeMay, you and turn it into – a Gary Sanchez slander well, fest. It's, it's another absolutely that is irresponsible a on your behalf. That is a pivot I could do. Oof. It's a big need, Joe. It's arguably the biggest need of the offseason, especially with the catcher the like Ray on the market. The biggest need for the Yankees is catcher, is what you're telling me. You you guys need to get off the, J, the JT Real Muto talk. I mean, James McCann is aren't a lot get more affordable. McCann should uh, be their target. McCann, if you're going to sign, if, if a team no, like the Yankees no. is going to sign a catcher, it's James McCann. <laughs> The Yankees have a catcher. Let's just I don't even entertain. I mean, if they trade him, they won't have a catcher. God, the Yankees are not going to trade the word. The Yankees, the Yankees are not going to trade Gary Sanchez. Um, it's I, I don't happen. think they are. But are you truthfully comfortable with Gary being your catcher? Say 140 plus games behind the dish. You are comfortable with him. Whoa, so whoa, whoa, take, whoa! That's seeing if he's healthy I'll, I'll, for 140 games. Yeah, and if we even play that many yes. games. Yes, but you're yes, I am. He's going to hit what's, 40 bombs. What's that? Are you going to show me? That is going to prove that production, and don't bring up 2017 uh, or, or 2018. Well, can I bring up 2019? Can I bring up 2019? Bring up, bring up his weighted runs, create a plus, whatever you want. I will. I okay. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it. I will say this about Gary Sanchez: is that he hit the ball very hard last year, and, it, and he got a lot of hits taken away from him. And Joe can attest <sighs> right, to so- that. That's why Gary Sanchez, over the second baseman. We're, we're getting sometime. needle in the haystack here. We're, 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 Gary we're, Sanchez we're kind of in 2019. Had a 346 Woba, 116 weighted runs created plus, a 2.3 war. This is 2019. This is not like way back in the day. So I can't find a pen. Runs. Let me write that down. Very solid. Not not legendary. It's, it's, not superior. It, very solid. For a catch for a catcher, it's for it's a catcher, up there. yes. Like in general, no. Like let's like it, he's the quickest quickest player in American League history 100 he batted like, 147 is... Joe oh my how God. do you consider that good it was a six it was a 60 game season it was it like that's I, even worse in, in less games you should have higher in Christian Yelich you should have higher Christian Yelich July 23rd is is Cody Bellinger terrible he he didn't have a great year with the stick I like Pete Alonso had an Pete Alonso didn't have a good year with the stick but at least they they weren't getting called out by their fan base to be traded. At least they were somewhat put here's up. The, so here's the, the fan problem. base now has Here, credibility. Here's the, the fan problem. Base has okay, yeah, credibility. let me be the voice of reason on this one, which is okay, because Gary Sanchez has had such high potential, and he's showed flashes of that potential. There are hopes that he'll one day get to that inconsistent level. I don't think he will ever get there consistently. As long as he's playing starting catcher, he should, if they convert him to either first base or just the permanent DH, which they can't, 
that's when his offensive numbers would go up because he doesn't have to focus on getting relationships and getting the signs down and calling a game. If he can focus just on hitting, he might be able to get back to where he once was. But as a pure starting catcher, I don't think he ever gets back there. Here's since, since 2017, 2017, only four catchers have had a higher war than Gary Sanchez. Posey, Flowers, Grant all real Muto. Gary Sanchez is fifth. Bring up 2019, Joe. Go ahead. What stat are you going to show me that's going to differ from the fact that he struck out 48% of his at-bats this year? What, what stat are you going to show me? What stat? That says that, that's not good. That, that, that's fine to do that. Oh, my goodness. It's, and, and baseball reference fine. says his war is minus 0. 0.5, negative 0. 0.5. I mean, I what, 60, first 60-game season. I can excuse someone for, for not performing well in a 60-game season that started spring training, stopped spring training, started spring training again, and start the regular season July 20th. Everyone played 60 games, or at least you're acting like to. these guys don't have custom batting cages in their home. They, they they can't get their friend to come in, a major league friend to come in and pitch to them. These guys you are creatures like they, of habit, bro. You act like they're sitting on the couch, not doing anything for for the entire off season. Then they have to just get thrown up there at bat. That's I what I did saying. for quarantine. I get what you're saying. Eighth, that they, they don't have eighth, any... eighth, eighth in WAR in 2019 among catchers. Eighth in weighted runs created plus. I. I his defense has got he was a positive defensive player, positive defensive value. I like his defense actually got better this year, didn't it? Oh, only did. 36 pass uh, balls this year. I just don't see and the fact him. that this is about DJ, like this was about DJ LeMayhew, yeah. and then you turn let's it. move I things think you take, I think you take DJ LeMayhew and put him at catcher. Let's move things along better. here. Well, that better real quick on the Yankees pitching staff. They have two free agents to be James Paxton and Masahiro Tanaka. Who's coming back? Who's hitting the road? Oh, Tanaka's coming back. Paxton's in the road. Do you agree I'm, I'm with that, Walker. or do you think that that's what should? Do you think? Do you agree with that, or do you think that's what's going to happen? Is that what you want to Both. happen, or is that what you think is going to happen? Both. You want Paxton to hit the road? I'm shocked. He's not going to be worth. He's not worth. He's not going to be worth that money. For, I, and Joe, I agree with you. Forget yes, the analytics. Physically. Forget the analytics. Why, why would we forget the analytics? They're so important to the game. Why would, why we, the why guy, would we we're not on Gary Sanchez anymore? The guy misses twenty five misses twenty five starts a year. That's why we forget the analytics. I, I'm how, with how many games? Is, how many games has Gary missed a year? Oh, like what about Judge? I think, I think what about Stan? He, he played all right, all right, all right. All right, let's not. Talk, we're not following. We got ten minutes left. I'm not going down this but, rabbit hole. But I'm with <laughs> Walker. And you can actually curse this time, Walker. Paxton, I'm fine hitting the road. Tanaka, you got to be careful. He doesn't hit the landing strip and go back to Japan. I think that's what you have to be careful of. Loves, he loves New York. Tanaka's, Tanaka's it. He's going to take less money. Paxton's not worth it. All right. Next, and then next let's, let's, just, <laughs> let's just knock out a few quick things. Cora back to quick Red Sox. Hitter. Good, bad. Uh, I think it's terrible for the game. I like, really like First of all, Alex Cora is, Alex Cora is like just annoying as a manager. Um, he clearly violated rules with two different teams. Um, faced a 60-year like or 60 game just chill on the couch session and now and now he like runs back up like everything's fine it's absolutely classless for the red sox to do this i feel bad for ron renicky is alex cora though a good manager i mean you're i I get he won the world series i get i get he had a dominant year in 2018 let's not forget though 2019 the team completely flopped yeah absolutely yeah people can't just discount that it's like they, they completely forget that the team was you know 80 Three and seventy nine in twenty nineteen, or whatever they were. So, what do you think yeah. then? Good or bad? Bringing them back. Bad. I think for the Red Sox in general, it's good. For the game, it's bad. 
Yeah, Only I'm with think. it. I'm with you. Good for the Red Sox. It's bullshit that he's he just got off so scot free. And then Hinch to the Tigers. Do we care? Is it important? That's even worse. That's yeah. even more egregious. <laughs> but I mean, and the fact that the fact that it's the Tigers is so disgusting. Like, how do you go from Ron Gardenhire, like Mister, like old school up front, nice guy, and then just to AJ Hinch, who's just universally panned? And why? Like, if you're the Tigers, why? It doesn't even make any sense. He's a win now manager with the World Series experience, and you're you're fielding a joke of a roster it it so doesn't even make sense like they literally did this just to be annoying i love the tigers mindset of managerial hires it's it's (laughs) old guy young guy old guy young it's leland osmus garden hire hinch i love the i like before we know it they're going to be hiring tommy lasorda like as their next managerial hire (laughs) like it's gonna like it's i love how i love their inconsistency with polonia what do you think good or bad I'm gonna have my head yeah. when you start Yeah, I'm with you. It's bad. I feel bad for Hanchi. He's got to be stuck there for a couple of years. Yeah, well, that can be his sentence then for cheating. But then the final managerial hire, Tony Larusa, is with the Chicago White Sox, and then he was charged with the DUI before hiring. So that looks great on the White Sox. But going back to the initial signing of him to the White Sox, Joe hates this move. I know that, so you can start. Me. Yeah, you're Joe. God, I hate it. Oh, my God, I hate this move. Um, In a division that seems winnable, um, when you're watching Rocco Baldelli do a tremendous job and you see teams that are embracing analytics have so much more success. You just lost to the Oakland Athletics. Um, The Rays made the World Series. Everyone's going younger. Everyone's going analytics. Everyone's going clubhouse guy. You go out and you get the complete opposite, a guy who's out of touch with the game. A legitimate retired Hall of Famer. A legitimate retired Hall of Famer who is going to bunt, um, who is who likes to bat pitchers in the eight hole. Like it, It's so so backwards it's so disgusting and to have like just um a clubhouse with all those young fun players have to answer to tony larusso can't wait to see uh eloy jimenez bunt over tim anderson from first to second oh, oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna hurl that's such a disgusting visual baloney what do you think uh, according to the police report he told officers i'm a hall of famer and do you see my ring <laughs> this guy he, he's he's nice. hard-headed uh i mean it's a risk I, I really don't have much opinion on it. This is a team that made the playoffs, had a lot of hype, a lot of good young talent. But uh, whose dog was that? <laughs> Joe let the dogs out. Uh, was that Buddy or Baxter? Uh, <laughs> oh, he's uh, not going to speak. It, 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 it's just a it's a strange signing. I, I would have went another way. Walker, what do you think? Um, I have the mindset of you always got to give a man a guy a chance, you know. Okay. Uh, before you officially judge him. At the same time, I love what the White Sox did in firing Rick Renteria uh, by saying, you know what, we're going to try and go in a new direction because that's how I took it. And then they just didn't. You know? Well, they went in a different direction. They, they went, went in the to- they went the Tony Larusa direction, which might be worse. But at the same time, I, you got to give him a chance. You know, So I'm not going to completely kill it yet. But I mean, at the, at the moment, I don't love it, but I don't really hate it either. And finally, on the last few points here we have two pretty good starting pitchers hitting the market charlie morin and Corey kluber what are your predictions for both of their landing spots i think charlie morin is going to end up um taking a nice little one-year deal with the marlins and then hang it up 
Um, and I think Corey Kluber is an interesting case. I, I, I could see him ending up uh, with the Angels or a, a team like that or the Blue Jays, one of those second-tier sort of squads. Interesting. Uh, for me, I think Morin goes back to back to Tampa Bay. I think they could bring him back a little bit cheaper deal. And I, I went to Joe. I think the Angels for Kluber. If not, he's got Yankee written all over him. I'll take I'll take I'll take Morton to retire. I think he's done. I think he's spent. I mean, he's won a World Series. He's done pretty much almost everything you can accomplish, except really win a Cy Young. Um, I think he I think he's done. Uh, as for Kluber, Steve, I believe I, I agree with you. Uh, this is a classic Yankee one year deal. See if see what happens. You know, one year eight million, kind of like a Troy Tulowitzki type of thing. You know, I was signing him. They're not going to be signing him for the minimum, but they're going to sign him to you know one year seven million dollar deal, one year even more, one year fifteen million dollar deal, and you see what he can do. If he doesn't work out, oh well, it's fifteen million dollars. If he does work out, great. And as Joe's having fun with the rundown, final prediction for the MLB offseason: the Cleveland Indians want to dump Francisco Lindor before opening day. Where is he going? Uh, he's going to stay in Cleveland. I, I think this is all a bunch of hot air. If he does get dealt. Um... It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Um, if he does get dealt, maybe. I, I, I could also see the Angels really having this conversation and really wanting to pull the trigger and finally make a big new, uh, move because uh, God knows the free agent pool has been pretty tough for them. So I, I, I'll, I'll go with Angels for my bold prediction for Frankie. Walker, what do you think? I think... I don't know if this team has the pieces for it, but I, I like the Cubs here. Um, you got Javi Baez, who came off a rough season. You say maybe that you can attribute that to him playing short. You say maybe we move him back to second, his original position, kind of get some, you know, some of the old juices flowing. And if you can get the pieces, if you get all the pieces necessary to, to grab a Francisco Lindor and stick him at shortstop, you do that. Steve, what do you think real quick? Is he frozen? Is he frozen? No. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but uh, oh, you're back now. Uh, I'm back. Uh, I'm going bold. I'm going the Phillies. Interesting. I think uh, I think they're a team that, that can go for him. Down goes Gergovsi then. But with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of MLB Hot Sub. We'll be back whenever something happens, or you know, bi-weekly because NBA draft is next week, so that will probably be our midweek podcast. And coming up the remainder of the week, we have our week ten NFL picks and wrestling recap so make sure you subscribe follow us on apple music apple podcast whatever it is spotify all your favorite platforms they're all down in the description and subscribe to us on youtube and thank you for listening